Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 66. My name is Damien Ross, and besides being the host of this podcast, I'm also the publisher of the Rootless Living Magazine. Hey, if this is your first time ever listening to one of the Rootless Living Podcasts, I want to welcome you. I also want to encourage you to head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription to the magazine itself. The magazine really is covering what it's like to travel while working. You don't have to wait until you're retired to live a life that is just full of travel while you're still working, also known as being a digital nomad. So head over to rootlessliving.com and grab a free digital subscription today. On this episode, I chat with Brian and Ann, and today you get to learn how on the first date, Ann told Brian she would never go camping, but now they live full-time in an RV. But like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Brian and Ann to the show. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you. That's awesome. We're uh, we're playing with some fun little technical difficulties. That was actually really funny. So for those of you listeners that don't know, uh, I usually introduce a guest, and there's always this like little bit of a pause, like you just heard a little pause right there. But somehow we got disconnected, and the pause just kept going and kept going, and I was just like, wow, they're really thinking about this, how they're doing question. This is going to be a fun episode. Where are you guys in the world right now? We are currently in Lake Havasu City. Nice. And it's about 90 some degrees and getting hotter. Oh, it sounds like it. Yeah, no, we're going to be in uh, Nevada Lake Mead uh, in May, middle of May, doing a little houseboat trip. And it's going to be, it's going to be a scorcher. So I totally get it. What are you guys uh, living in, traveling in? What do you guys currently call home? We are currently traveling in an Integra. Uh, 44B to 2015. And it's a Class A motorhome. Yeah. Nice. And uh, do you guys have a toad? We do. We tow a F-150. Nice. Oh, I'm, I'm noticing a lot more Class A's with pickup trucks, which is, I think, actually really smart in the sense that, especially if you're taking other stuff, kayaks and things of that nature, it's nice to have that little rolling kind of storage in the back there. Yeah, our sort of our... One of our dreams, if you will, or one of the things that we're trying to do is get to a point to set that truck up to do a little bit of overlanding. Oh, nice. So spend some weekends where where we can't, where we won't be able to get this uh, big uh, Class A motorhome to. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. When, um, yeah. when did the Class A become part of your family? And when did you guys start going? You know, hold on, let me start over. Sorry, I was reading something while I'm talking, which I shouldn't do. Let me close that. Would you guys consider yourself part-time sometime or full-time? We are full-time. Full-time, nice. full-time. Okay, so it's a 2015. Is this the first rig? Did you buy it new? How long have you guys been full-timing? It is our first rig. We bought it used. And we bought it in the winter of 2018. Um, that was kind of, was a quick decision. <laughs> well, take me, take and, me through um, that process of the quick decision. When did you guys start thinking about going full-time in an RV and how long did that quick decision take? So we owned a 35 foot sailboat that we spent our summer weekends and some part of our summer in Michigan living on. And we had a dream although I say we, and that was like the royal we, where it was mostly Brian had this dream of living full-time 
on the sailboat someday and traveling. And I liked that idea a lot, but I, and I, I had this five-year plan or we had this five-year plan of doing that. The problem was that the five-year plan for me never got closer. And one day Brian called me out on that. And um, we were home Labor Day weekend that year. We had some problems with our boat. I had a problem with my back that was going on. We had a young puppy at home. It was, things were just not working out so great on the boat life. And Brian said to me, what would you think about living in an RV? And it was like a light bulb went off for me, like a gigantic idea that exploded in my head. And I thought, wow, I could totally do that. And so we started making a five-year plan from that September of 2018. But then in November for Thanksgiving, the company I work for gave me a really great Christmas bonus of a new job that I had told them was a deal breaker. And I was miserable and really depressed. And Brian said to me, you know, we don't have to wait full five, five years to do our thing. We could start now. And uh, so we talked some more about that, looked at finances, decided that we would do it. We bought the rig in December. We picked it up in February. We put our house up for sale in March. We sold it in two days and uh, sold our sailboat to some people that we were friends with. And we were out of the house and on the road as of April 30th of 2019. Yeah, so things really did pick up. With the original five-year plan, like how deep were you into it when Brian started being like, hey, look, we've been talking about this forever. Uh, was it like year seven? <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yeah, I mean, we were, as far as our depth, I mean, we obviously we owned the boat. We were very heavy in terms of sailing in the summers and on the weekends and whatnot. And, you know, one year would go by and, We'd talk about it and she'd say five, five, five years. And then another year would pass and five years. I'm like, well, at some point, five's got to turn into four, four's got to turn into three. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, um, we, but it never really progressed beyond that. I mean, it was, it was a weekend thing for us. Um, we'd spend just about every weekend on, on the boat during the summer. I probably spent more time on the boat uh, than she did because I, have had a work from home job for better part of 10 years. So I, I can work from anywhere as long as I have internet. And so I'd spend most of the summer on the boat. That's very cool. And then I'd be miserable all winter long waiting for spring. <laughs> <laughs> so where was, and I actually really loved the job that I had. So I didn't, you know, that was part of my hesitation of wanting to go full time. My job full-time in the um, boat, my job was a great job and it was not a job that I could have done re living remotely. So. Yeah. That always makes it tough. That is a battle for people between leaving a job that they really love that doesn't really allow them to be remote in a way. And those, those do come up. So it is kind of funny that they, they, you know, it doesn't sound like it was a great decision on your part in a sense, but 
sounds like it's working out. And then one of the things I always like to do with people, especially RV, I mean, I know you had some boating experience, uh, sailing experience. I always use the terminology wrong because I don't boat, I don't sail. Um, <laughs> but what about RV experience? I mean, you know, obviously Brian comes to you with this idea, which I want to get into, Brian, where the idea came from. But then, you know, like, was there any RV experience with you guys where that just made total sense or was it just way out in left field? That was pretty much out in left field, but Anne has an interesting angle on that as well. Yeah, I told Brian on our first date, I don't camp. Literally, we went on our first date. We met on Match.com, and our first date, we met at this bar. And on his profile, it had said that he liked to camp, and he, you know, had a tent and all this other stuff. And I just was almost 40 years old, and I wanted to be very clear that I didn't camp and that I wanted nothing to do with camping. And yeah, now look at me. <laughs> I live in a campground. But do you, yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a lot I, of camping. I, I battle this, but do you consider yourself camping? I always make the joke. I did do some tent camping, not a ton, but I did do some. But I never remember my TV going up and down behind my fireplace as I, at the back corner of my tent, had my <laughs> bathroom, which also, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I've ever considered RVing, camping, even when I didn't RV. I agree with you, but, you know, for someone who really didn't ever want to camp, <laughs> this was a stretch. <laughs> Boating was actually a big stretch. We we went on a vacation. Be our first vacation together was to go to sailing school, and we got to the boat, and it was not what the pictures had looked like and it looked as close to camping as I ever could have imagined because for me camping was staying at the Motel 6 instead of the Marriott. I hear you. So I um yeah, we stayed on that boat. I think I had a few extra rum drinks that night and uh managed to sleep okay and the next day we were on the actual boat we were supposed to be on. And it was a much nicer, more Marriott experience that I was looking at. And honestly, our 45-foot motorhome is, as I've heard you say on other podcasts, like a giant condo on wheels. Bigger than a couple of apartments that I lived in in college. So, No, for sure. Same. But I, I think it's funny that Brian kind of tricked you because, I mean, sailing is just like, it's camping on water, right? Like that's all it is. You know, you, I mean, it's, you got sails, which are just basically tents that are cut up and, you know, up the flagpole and you're still sleeping in the quarters and stuff. Well played, Brian. Well played. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but we fell in love sailing though. So, so, you know, I, I obviously had that before we got together and, and uh, fell in love with sailing. My first experience overnight was just a, wonderful experience and uh then you know she fell in love with it too yeah i think anything that you're doing every weekend like i, I really do battle with people when they let's say they have an rv and they use it twice a year or a boat and they use it twice a year right it just seems like a lot you know when you can rent these yeah. things now and go out i know my parents battled with wanting to get a sailboat at one time out of california and it just mathematically it just made sense to rent it when they wanted to go for their three or four times a year which lasted like a year probably um, mm -hmm. but if you're using it every weekend, like that's amazing. What a great way to just like get away and do it. And then uh, help me understand. I know you're saying bad back and stuff like that, but why was the RV so much more like, yeah, we can do that as opposed to a boat for 
for you, Anne? Just being able to get out, off the boat or out of the RV and take the dog for a walk and go to the grocery store when I needed to go to the grocery store just offered me a lot more mobility, um, literally and figuratively, gotcha. I think. Just being able to go when I wanted to go and not be reliant on um, on a dinghy or something to get to shore. Yeah, boating's great, but you are kind of limited in terms of the areas that you can explore when you're doing it on weekends or, you know, in the case of us currently and in terms of our lifestyle still working. Um, so you have to, just to go to a grocery store, for example. So if you're on a boat and you go to a harbor, to go to a grocery store can be a challenge. Either you have to find someone that can shuttle you there or you have to walk. Uh, sometimes quite a ways to find a nearest grocery store. Uh, so a lot of the logistics issues can be a challenge when you're boating versus being in an RV where you have a towed, you know, so now you can drive somewhere and uh, get and run your errands and still live, live your life and have a lot of the same comforts that you would in a regular home. Yeah, definitely. And for some reason, if you're listening, you don't know what a towed is because I said it too. It's the vehicle that's being towed behind a normally a class A or a class C vehicle. So just know that's where we're, when we say toad, that's what we're talking about. Um, I always like to ask people, you know, I mean, I went through my own kind of like figuring out what RV would be best for me. Why did you guys settle on a class A? I always like to hear, were you looking at any <laughs> others or, oh, it sounds like there's a story there. All right. So why did you guys settle on a class A? It's really because of the bathroom situation. <laughs> and I know that sounds ridiculous. No, but... it doesn't. I think I know where you're going I, Bring it. I like to drink coffee and uh, inevitably I have to go to the bathroom like every hour in the morning, which are prime driving hours for getting to your next destination. And so when we talked about what we would have, there never really was a discussion about having a fifth wheel or a trailer because I wanted to be able to get up and go to the bathroom when I needed to go to the bathroom. And so not only did we have to find a class A, but we needed to find a class A that we had access to the bathroom while we were driving. Right, right. Brian, so, do you ever, do you ever change, like do you ever change lanes <laughs> when she's back there or no? You, uh, you're a nice driver. <laughs> that's where the sailing experience comes oh, in that's handy. that's awesome. Without a doubt. I didn't think about that. You're right. You're probably solid. Although, wave motion tends to be a little bit more constant than traffic right. where it's you just never know when you're going to slam on the brakes so one hand for you and one hand for the rig at all times is what i recommend that's amazing no it's i it, it i mean i know we're joking but it is one of those things when people ask like damien should i get a you know a fifth wheel or a class a these are like little prime questions I like to ask. And one of them is, you know, I, I mean, my co-pilot just on our last trip wanted to point out that she went three hours without having to ask, you know, for me to pull over and find a rest stop. And I thought, you're right. That is amazing. I don't think you've ever gone three hours. What's going on? Did you have coffee this morning? That was my kind of question. She must have been dehydrated. Yeah, without a doubt. She did look a little pale. But I do agree that it is, if that's a situation, that is something to look for in a class A, without a doubt. That's funny and you did bring up a good point i'm seeing it more and more in fifth wheels and travel trailers that when the slides are in 
there's no access to the bathroom, which I think is absolutely, we can access our bathroom and bedroom when the slides are in no problem. So if we had to do an overnight or stop on the way, we can access those two areas really easily. I can't believe manufacturers are making them where you have to pop a slide out to be able to access the bathroom or even in class A's when they're in, when they're being driven that they can't access the bathroom. It's like one of the big pluses. So, all right. So bathroom is what sold you guys yeah. on the class A. How's that been for you guys so far? I mean, let's talk about your travel where you guys, where have you been? Um, and how's been the experience? Yeah. The experience has been fantastic. I mean, we, we left Michigan that I don't know, late spring, early summer, uh, something like that. And basically started in the North and had never actually been up into the upper peninsula of Michigan which is a beautiful area. If anybody hasn't been up there, I strongly encourage it. And so we spent some time up in upper Michigan, went up to the UP, um, which is upper peninsula for us Michiganders uh, and kind of headed across sort of the Northern part of the country there. Uh, went to our first uh, rally with the FMCA. Um, and then of course headed South. That rally was actually in North Dakota. Uh, so we started heading South from there to, beat the winter and get down south for uh, uh, warmer weathers. Um, so we went North Dakota, South Dakota, spent some time in the Badlands and, and in Custer um, State Park and went down in Nebraska and Colorado, spent some time in Utah and then down into the Southwest. Uh, actually, it was probably my one of my first experiences down there in the Southwest. Loved it down down there. And then uh, spent some time hanging out down there for the winter and then eventually started making our way back up to Michigan to kind of complete a, a loop, if you will. And eventually found our way back out to the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a very short recap of our past two years, but nice. we haven't been you know, we tend to stay places, you know, two to four weeks. So we don't travel very fast. Uh, we like to take our time. And plus, we're still working. So uh, that helps with that aspect of things, too. No, without a doubt. Now, you did say something earlier. When we were talking about the toad. You were saying, and I didn't know about this whole, you know, I'm never going to camp situation. But now you're talking about like an overlander. Or are you talking about like a, like a tent on top of the the bed kind of a thing. And then, and you're going to be okay with that. That's somehow you've moved into that now where you could do the, the motel six a, in the back of the pickup truck. It's amazing. I you have, can learn new tricks even when you are old. I have a lot of influence. It sounds like it. That's amazing. He's just like baby step tricking you. I love it. Like he is he's actually gonna, like two years. The problem old. is that, and you know this from traveling yourself that, you go to places that you see by car or you see where other people have gotten to go because they're not as big as of a rig as what you are, but it's really more like a whole day to get there and a whole day to get back. And it doesn't really leave you any time to explore the area when you're there. I don't want to miss out on anything. So I think it's really more FOMO. Right, right. My, it's not so much that I want to go overlanding and want to uh, give up the comforts of home. It's that I don't want to miss out on seeing something. So I'm willing to take one for the team. That's very cool. No, Brian, you're doing an awesome job. Man. You're going to have to write a book. 
like for sure how I tricked my wife into going camping and still never going <laughs> camping. Um, I love it. <laughs> okay. So you, now you did say you went back to Michigan. Is that kind of part of the plan to like, kind of like keep roots there in a way and keep going back? I know you sold the home. I know you sold the boat, but, um, or is it more like, no, we're just, we're leaving Michigan. We're going to keep doing it. Are you trying to do the lower 48? Like, is there a plan at all when it comes to that? Uh, generally the plan is to kind of stay in the lower 48 for now. We went back to Michigan that summer, mainly because we had a bunch of weddings and <laughs> things like that, that were going on back home. You know, obviously our family's there. So it just seemed like there was a lot of activities and things like that, that we wanted to be around for. But, but for like this year, we're not planning to go back to Michigan. We're going to plan to kind of explore more of the West coast, California and Oregon and um, things like that. So it'll be actually about a year and a half before we get back to Michigan. Nice. I mean, there's definitely some people booing right now because you said California and Oregon, but whatever. I'm originally from California. Nikki's originally from Oregon. They're both beautiful areas. And actually, I always talk about with a class A, I always talk about the PNW as well, too, just because it rains a lot. And when I see a class A pull in, especially at a pull in site, let's say they're not having to disconnect the toad. And they're getting all set up from the inside of the rig. And there I am setting up my fifth wheel in the pouring rain and you know, I'm like, oh, okay, there's a huge plus to a class A right there if you're doing a lot of the PNW just because it's always raining. I get it now. Kind of thing. So, no, that sounds like a, a good little venture you guys got waiting for you. I'm excited for you both. You guys will you guys will really love it. California, Oregon, that whole coastal area is amazing. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Now, let's, uh, let's transition into a little bit into work. So, obviously, Ann, we know that, um, you know, the job let you go or, well, sorry, it sounded like the job changed your job to a job you didn't want. And so I don't know how you guys actually departed, but you're no longer working there. Did you pick something up and start doing something else? Or did you guys just look at your finances to what Brian was doing and say, Hey, we can live the RV life. Take me through kind of what you're doing right now. Ann, and then we'll jump into what Brian's doing. Well, I joke that I'm managing the estate, <laughs> but you know, there is really truly a lot of estate management, I think, that comes with traveling full time, whether you're planning your destinations and making reservations or just running errands. I swear it takes time to figure out where the closest grocery stores are and the CVS to pick up a prescription and the this place and that place, you know, it's um it takes time to do all of that stuff and in addition to that i am working on um, putting together a business i'm blogging and working on trying to monetize a page on instagram and staying busy doing all that kind of stuff and currently selling a bunch of stuff that we decided that we don't need after almost two years selling a bunch of stuff on facebook marketplace which can be a full-time job in and of itself. Oh, without a doubt. Is there stuff still, when you guys sold the house and the boat, were you still like having a storage unit or did you get rid of everything back then? We got rid of everything back then. And we just recently went through our basement of our rig and decided that there was a lot of stuff there that we didn't need anymore, mm. that we hadn't used in a year or two even. And that was just taking up space and weighing us down. Constantly and downsizing. So we we really don't need the 45-foot RV that we're in, but we, we own it. And so we will be in it for a while. 
but we don't need to fill every nook and cranny just because we have the space to fill it. And we know that someday we'll want to downsize and it just makes it a little bit easier to do it a little bit at a time and get rid of the stuff that we haven't been using. So that's what we were doing the last couple of weeks. And we've got a truck bed full of stuff that I need to put up on Facebook marketplace. If you know anyone who's looking for <laughs> stuff, I've got it. That's amazing. I know. I think it wasn't that long ago. I saw someone like open one of their under bays and it was empty. And I, I had that moment where I was like, what's wrong with him? Why is it empty? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing, man? You know, are you a smuggler? That doesn't make any sense. But it is weird that even when you get down to, you know, 300, 400 square feet and you've lived in it for a couple of years, you even find stuff that you really thought was going to be important. And I'm still going through that process still, you know, about to hit year four where there's still stuff that I've brought since day one that I probably have not used once. Why am I trying to hold on to it? You know, kind of a thing. So, Brian, what are you doing for work? I just found a paper shredder. Oh, a paper shredder? I, Do you have paper? I just, I just <laughs> exactly. was pulling out something from a cupboard uh, yesterday. Looking, I don't remember what I was looking for, but I, I found a paper shredder, and it was plugged in, Damien. It was oh, taking no. up electricity. And it was shoved in this corner. We've not shredded a single piece of paper since we lived in this in two years. And I, I pulled it out and said, did you even remember that we had this? I was like, what are you doing? Why? Why do we have this? <laughs> and that it's plugged. The, the fact that it's plugged is even better. Sure. Like if you're not an RVer, you know, there's times where obviously you're not on, you know, shore power. And it's just, you know, oh, it's so funny to me, the stuff that we keep plugged in that we just don't realize, but a paper shredder, oh. is, that's pretty funny to me. <laughs> without paper. I think you win that one. Brian, what are you doing for a living? I know it's the same remote job, which always <laughs> makes it so much easier in this transition, but uh, what do you do for a living that allows you to uh, kind of travel the country? Well, I'm actually not in the same job as when I left. Oh, I actually wow. got laid off from uh, the job I was on when I left, but I did find another job. Um, so basically what I do is I work in IT security so I'm uh, what's called a risk manager. So basically I analyze uh, the company's risks and make sure that we have appropriate security uh, configurations in place to help protect the environment from um, whether it's hackers or compliance regulations or other confidentiality concerns for the company. Very cool. So you weren't joking around. It's really it, exciting it, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a pre-call, you know, <laughs> Anne was saying that Brian's her IT guy. And now I totally get it. It's like legitimate IT guy. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, as, long as, as long as I have internet, I can do my job. And, you know, so I've, I've, we spent a lot of money every month on internet. That includes our cell coverages and cell phones and yeah, let's talk about internet for a second. Uh, all those kinds of things. I have, uh, have I, yeah, so I have a setup right now where I can basically bond multiple internet connections together. So I have, uh, I can use my cell phone and cell phone if I have to. I also use uh, a visible wireless internet service and AT&T tablet plan. And basically, I set up, built my own router so that I can bond those all together to create one bigger pipe. 
And generally, I'm pretty successful in being able to have, you know, unlimited high-speed internet, which is sufficient for me to do HD streaming, uh, video calls, conference calls, um, watch movies, you know, whatever we need to do from that perspective. Very cool. Yeah, it's always one of the biggest questions. I think the first is, should I get a fifth wheel or class A? And the second is, you know, how do you guys do internet on the road? And third is, how do you make money on the road? Those seem to be the top three that are. <laughs> yeah. And then number four is like, you know, where do I keep my paper shredder? For sure. Exactly. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> the fourth question. Out there, so. They can call me. Yeah. I've got a spot. <laughs> Sounds like you might have one for sale too, which is nice. I do. <laughs> But I have my own like security story. I used to work for Kinko's. I was just a graveyard worker um, while I was doing this like clothing company thing. And I needed the health insurance, but needed to be able to work somewhere else during the day. And I started noticing all these salespeople would do these charges to their accounts, like the last day of the month. And then the, like two days later, they would credit them. Like the job got canceled and I kept seeing this when I was doing like the, you know, the, the numbers at night and I reported it and I, un, I discovered this huge scam that salespeople were doing across the country at Kinko's because they would get the commissions for the job. But when the job was canceled, they didn't lose their commissions. Huh. And like all these salespeople were doing, I got a huge bump and a huge promotion. I didn't even know. I mean, it was millions and millions of dollars that all these salespeople were stealing and I just wow. happened to come across where I just noticed it's so weird that they charge this $10,000 order on the 30th and they cancel it on the second every month, you know, kind of <laughs> thing. But it just never usually showed up in reporting. So that's my only IT security risk taker. There's a movie, right, that with Robert Redford, was Sneakers, wasn't there that movie? And that was literally his job, yeah. right, was to figure out how to rip you off, which, you know, that, yeah. that's a fun movie that probably most people don't know about. So look that up on yeah. Netflix if you're looking for something. All I right, used so, to do that kind of work. That oh, really? was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah. You should yeah. be able to do it now, especially on the road. That'd be really cool if you had some, yeah. like, job that, you know, or a client that was national where you could, like, go in and do things. And, you know, I'd love to do yeah. that with, like, the TSA, like, to try to sneak things on, but literally have that be my job. You know, I mean, I don't want to test it just for the, the fun of it. I'd want to be able to have it out <laughs> where it's like, no, 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 this gun is part of the joke to see if you guys are really doing anything. Um, yeah, there were companies that I'd work with, even in the uh, cruise line industry, that would look for people that could uh, try to get onto a cruise ship, as oh. an example. Or, or even in 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 our case, and some of the jobs that I would do is be try to get into a store, see if I can get into their um, their network, and access credit card information or what have you. And it was really, it was actually pretty simple. It was actually surprisingly easy. Please don't go any further because we don't want to tell people how easy it is. That sounds scary. Kind of, yeah. Kind of scary. No, it, it sounds it for sure. Yeah, we are very, very trusting. That's for sure. And yeah. if, if yeah. you are in somewhere listening to this conversation right now, while it's being recorded and not published yet, you're part of the problem. But, you know, hey, right. thanks for listening. Um, all right. So we've got work, we've got traveling. And I, I want to get into kind of exploring, like, when you guys aren't working, when you're not traveling, what are things that you guys like to do? What are you guys doing? Well, of course, we love to see our country. It's really amazing. Um, we've been to a number of the national parks and a lot of state parks. I love to go hiking. I've got a, we have a dog that loves to hike with me where he's allowed to hike. 
And we have electric bikes that we are riding as often as we can find time to ride them. And then probably our big thing that we really like to do is go out and explore the cities where we're at, restaurant um, scene for sure, and breweries, wineries, um, just kind of the local life. And it's part of why we like to be in a place for a little bit longer period of time so that we have time to see those places and really get a flavor for the local culture. No, that's very cool. I think it's funny too, you probably, I don't know if this has hit you guys. I just remember being in my twenties and thirties and thinking how much I wanted to go to Europe and just not realizing just how much right here there is in the United States to see. Like, it's almost like you should spend a good portion of time here in the States first before you make the jump across the pond in a way. Cause there's so much here. I mean, this morning I was at Carlsbad caverns and went down. Um, and it's just insane how beautiful that is. You know, it's like you're yeah. on another planet really. It doesn't even seem like you're in New Mexico for one and two, just even on in this planet, you know, kind of a thing. So it was really cool. But I, I think that's something that we as Americans battle with. We want that, that almost that like, Hey, I went to this amazing place in Europe or, you know, this amazing Island. And there's so many really great places here. And then so many places you've never even heard about that are just small little towns, little hole in the walls that are amazing. And that's what makes this lifestyle really cool. Truly. We, I, so I worked for a wine importer before I left my job to live this lifestyle and I couldn't wait. Every year was the battle of, okay, where do I get to go this year? And I, had amazing opportunities to go to South Africa and Argentina and Chile and Europe, of course. And I cannot believe that that was always the be all end all for me every year was where I was going to get to go overseas, but had not ever really seen any of our country itself, just here and there. And uh, mostly places that I'd gone for work where you don't really get to see the city itself or experience the natural part of our country's beauty. Right. No, for sure. And then, you know, I think one of the questions that come up, and I think you guys touched on it a little, with a 44-footer, is that really hindering your guys' ability to see the country? Or is it you guys are finding a good kind of workaround for that? I would say yes and no to, to that. I mean, has it has it hindered us in our ability to explore the country? No. I mean, we're, we've still, obviously, have, I mean, it's been two years exploring the country. There's so much to see. But at the same time, there are places that we want to experience, you know, off more off the beaten track, so to speak. And that, that's why I want to uh, have the truck more for overlanding, just to be able to do a a weekend here or there uh, to kind of get to those places that we wouldn't be able to get to with the 44, 45 foot uh, diesel pusher. Yeah, no doubt. That's definitely a beast. And I'm always shocked and kind of surprised when I see some of these big diesel pushers that are in, you know, especially boondocking spots that I just am like, wow, I'd have a hard time taking my, my truck and my fifth wheel down there. And, um, yeah. but they can, they can get them where they want to get them. That's for sure. If, and not really in regards to like money being no object, but what is like, what would you think would be the, now that you know what you know, what do you think would be the perfect kind of sweet spot set up for what you guys are doing and how you like to travel? 
The real thing or the thing that we talk about? Oh, I don't. I'll just do both. I mean, both sound good. Uh, I I think the I- ideal is is depends on where you're at in your life. I mean, right now, obviously, we're still working, so having some of the abilities that we have with our current rig is suits our life as of right now if i didn't have to worry about work or whatnot i'd probably be down into like a class b or something like that um because you'd be able to get to more places and be able to move a little bit more nimbly um or to be a little bit more nimble in terms of where you're going to from place to place Uh, because we still have to work uh to be able to have that kind of aspect to our life i would think somewhere in the 35 foot 38 foot range would be just just about right for where we're at right now i'm about the same when i think about like it's probably 35 36 like if i could shave off at least six feet of this rig it'd be a big help and and one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is for me it's more to do with the bedroom like they just don't make the bedroom multi-purpose the way that it should right. be because it's literally you sleep in that area and then when you you're not sleeping it's not being used usually and there's no right. reason for it to, i mean that's the six feet i could shave off whatever i'm losing in the living room i gain in having some multi-purpose kind of room it's interesting that and i get it that these things are designed for the weekend and people don't want a multi-use when they're gone for a weekend but when you're living full-time mm-hmm. it would be nice so it's just interesting when i heard you guys kind of talking about that I always like to, I mean, it's not something I ask on every episode, but when I get the feel of where, Hey, look, if you could, where would you want to be? Yeah. That 35 foot seems to be about right, which is insane. Thinking about what we moved from, especially really no matter how big your house is, the average is around 1200. Most people are going from like 1200 square feet to 300 square feet. Just that alone is a huge jump. And then once you get to 300, you're like, you know what? We could probably get away with like 210, 220 square feet, which is (laughs) You know, I can't remember how big a prison cell is. It's not that far away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Going back to my days living in college dorms. <laughs> right. Yeah, without a doubt. So one of the things I like to do on the show is do a little high-low in and around the lifestyle. And, you know, we'll start with the low, but it can't be about COVID or flat tires or bad internet. But what's been a low in this lifestyle that maybe you didn't see coming that hit you guys? If you guys have one you want to share. I thought you were going to take this one. (laughs) I don't have a lot of lows, honestly. I mean, there are things that are really challenging about the lifestyle and probably the thing that has been the most challenging for us has been the amount of money that has, it has cost us in unexpected repairs uh, to our rig. We had an amazingly expensive month um our first like six months into our uh travels in october of 2019 we had to replace our radiator and we had a bunch of other things that had gone wrong we fortunately had bought an extended service contract so our part was minimized by having paid for that up front but it was a very expensive month. And even we, we got out of our, we basically got our monies back out of what we paid for that service contract in the first eight months of living in it. Gotcha. And it's a four year contract. So I think that's the thing that's been the biggest low. 
Um, no, that, that definitely is. I mean, it, it's, it is one of those things that you do experience in bricks and sticks as well too. And it's why I like to do this because a lot of times, you know, the, there are a lot of things that cross over people buy homes, you know, and they don't really have that kind of extended insurance or, you know, warranty to like, right. you know, and then you're out, but you do pick up a really good point in the pros and cons of a class A when this work was getting done, were you guys outside of the rig and staying at a, a hotel or were you able to stay in it while it was getting fixed? It was a little bit of both. Okay. We, we stayed, I think we ended up staying like one or t- two nights in a hotel. Um, but it wasn't that bad. Most of the time though, we're able to stay in the rig in the parking lot of the service center. Gotcha. That's not that terrible. Cause I have heard horror stories with class A's where, you know, if, if you want to get the work done, you have to take it to an actual facility, especially engine work is what I'm speaking of specifically, because that's the biggest difference between anything you're pulling and anything you're pushing. And sometimes it right. can be gone for a while where most of the repairs I've had done on this rig have been done in campgrounds by a mobile tech because it's not engine work, which campgrounds can, you know, frown upon. Um, no, that's a, it's a good low and it's a good experience for people to hear about. And that's why I love ending on a high. So what's been a high in this lifestyle that maybe, you know, you just didn't know you would experience that. I can't believe this is our life kind of moments. Yeah, it's really in traveling. We, you know, we both lived all of our lives in Michigan up until the time that we had, we left, we both had traveled a lot for work, but again, when you travel for work, it's not the same as when you travel for just to enjoy life. And we had this planned two week stop in Utah because we just needed a break between Colorado and getting to Las Vegas. And so we planned two weeks to stop in Utah and we had no expectations of Utah at all. And I don't know if you've driven on the I-70 across the Rockies and, you know, it's so beautiful going through Colorado and we sometimes joke uh, that it's not, it's a scenic drive when it's not a scenic drive that you can't really look out the windows and enjoy because it's not dedicated as a scenic drive. And I'm not sure that the I-70 right there is a scenic drive, but it's so beautiful. And then we thought, wow, we're going to get to Utah and it's just going to be Utah. So we'll be there for a couple weeks and then we'll move on. And the minute you get over the Rockies, it's like the most incredible other world that you've never, that I never imagined seeing. And it was just so amazing. And actually Utah is so far my favorite state that we visited. We've been back a couple times now and it just, I, I can't wait to go back again. And it's really, really so beautiful. And just every time we get somewhere, we see so much. So I'd say that was my big high. That's very cool. Yeah. Utah is one of those shocker States for sure. And I had lived in Utah right out of high school and, you know, it's still going back, shocked me how beautiful and just how different it is in different parts of the state too, which is really great. So no, amazing. Yeah, no, that's a really great high for sure. I love that. So before I let you guys go, go, I want people to know where they can find you, but I think they're going to want to try to find you, Brian, and be like, how did you do this, you know, Jedi mind trick where she doesn't think she's camping? 
and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that you even got it to the point where she's going to be okay with a, a tent in the back of the truck. Like I'm, I'm super impressed. So where can people find you guys? If you, I mean, I know you talked earlier about a blog and an Instagram account. I want to make sure people know where to find you and I'll link it all down below. So you don't have to try to write it down, but where can people find you? So we are on the road of adventure on Instagram, all one word, of course. And also on Facebook, On the Road of Adventure, although things just, I have set up so that it basically automatically posts what I'm posting to Instagram on Facebook. I'm not spending quite as much time there. And the blog is ontheroadofadventure.com. Awesome. All right. Well, I will link it below. And Brian, I would just want to thank you both for coming on the show. Sorry about the little bit of the technical difficulties. You, as a listener, might not be able to hear it. I'll probably be able to edit it all out. But uh, I thank you guys for hanging out with me today. Hey, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that was a really fun episode. I am sorry if there was some technical difficulties there. I was actually recording that while boondocking. You know, it's one of the funny things. I think sometimes people forget that I'm actually a full-time RVer myself. I try to bring it in, obviously talk about it on the show, but every once in a while, that's one of the difficulties of this lifestyle is getting that really strong internet to be able to record a podcast. So I hope it was okay. But a big thank you to Brian and Ann for just hanging on with me as we kind of went in and out of connection. I think I edited most of it out, so it's probably a great listen for you. I really hope so. But like always, if you want more information about them or you want to connect with them, you can click on the links in the show notes below. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It's a really big help in getting the word out. But if you are using Instagram, make sure to tag us at Rootless Living Mag or use the hashtag Rootless Living. And then that way we can share it as well too and kind of introduce you to the community. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest or that guest might even be you, and I'm talking to you. Right now you're saying to yourself, oh, he wouldn't want me on the show. You're wrong. Send me an email, podcast at rootlessliving.com and let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.